0: Hello, Acapella Radio, and welcome to Tacapella. It's a podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music along with the people who are working to shape it. I am one of your hosts, Alicia Edwards, and joining me as always is my good friend,
1: Brian Alexander.
0: Brian, how are you today?
1: I'm doing okay. You know what I've discovered this morning? I, I'm not as committed to uh, Dunkin' Donuts and all those donut places as I thought I would be, you know? Really? Yeah.
0: National Donut Day was yesterday, I, I know had a donut you, In honor of it And
1: and listen Most people that know me Know that I'm a foodie And I will do anything for food I know but, you're, Yeah I know you're And I had every intention Of you know Making the trek out To go get some this morning You but, didn't you know, have a donut I did not have a donut Yesterday Something is wrong with you I know My I husband was
0: like So we're gonna go get donuts This morning right Before mm-hmm. we both went to work And I was like No I don't have time Because I woke up An hour and a half After I needed to And I should have been At work really early that day Right um, <laughs> Sorry boss lady And then I was like No somebody else We'll get donuts. Oh, of course. There's always a person that brings
1: in like two dozen donuts into office. They're supposed to. And
0: someone brought donuts. So so, someone had sent a group email that was like, it's National Donut Day. And then somebody else responded that said, don't worry. I got this. I got your donuts covered. They're in the back.
1: You know, I just realized that's what I miss most from, you know, currently working remotely. That person that brought in food all the time. You know,
0: I wish I could say I feel bad for you, but I never worked remotely. So.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you don't have to brag there, but okay.
0: It was by choice.
1: Oh. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I definitely my choice to work remotely.
2: Guys, I gotta interject, do I get a donut for appearing on the show? <laughs> <laughs> that what, you well, didn't hey, get the this?
0: the package we sent you. How about this? The next <laughs> time you're in Utah, you let me know and I will buy you a donut. And, yeah,
2: that's gonna happen. All right. And same, Deal. same.
0: If you come to Texas,
1: I got you. Where in Texas? Where are you at? I'm currently fluctuating between you know DFW and then Houston. So if you're in Dallas or Houston, I'm in Dallas. I'll, I'll make plans with you. Okay, I, I got you. When you're out here, right. I got you. This Perfect. Is I'm excited.
0: Well, so, Brian, so we have a really exciting guest. <laughs> exactly. We should probably introduce the listeners the to that voice, voice that just God. heard.
2: Who <laughs> wants donuts oh, man.
1: God wants donuts <laughs> Okay
0: So I have a fun fact To our audience We have Chris Rupp here Formerly on Home Free who's one of the Season 4 winners Of the Sing-Off And he He ended up leaving The group in 2016 To work on some other projects But he's currently In 7th Avenue And Cypress Fire Chris how are you?
2: Well I'm really hungry For donuts now
1: <laughs> <laughs> Right We
0: just built All
2: of that up And no food But other I than that I'm okay. excited to be here.
0: <laughs> Little known fact, Chris, we have actually met before.
2: You're right. And it was very memorable for me. I uh, really, I could forget. Clearly, nice I just recovery. have to show you
0: who is in this photo on my phone.
1: Oh,
2: man. Whoa. Uh, hey, that's Yeah, great. definitely him. Yeah. When was that? So,
0: um, that was on Memorial Day of
2: 2014. Wow.
0: Okay. Y'all were out here doing a show. And my collegiate a cappella group BYU Noteworthy was asked to open for you guys, so it was BYU Noteworthy and Vocal Point, and Vocal Point was great, but we were an absolute yep. train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I told Brian about this before he joined us this morning. So we have nine members in the group, and it was during the summertime and three of the members were gone for the summer oh. and so yeah so that was fun and so there were some adjustments but to kind of make up for that we had two alumni come in and sing with us who we had never sung with before oh. so that was really fun but it was a really fun concert you guys were fantastic yeah oh all good
2: glad we so. did a good job you
0: guys did a great job <laughs> um,
2: anyway yeah
0: so fun fact that, chris and i have met before that is a fun fact. And, th- and the next time you come to utah i will buy you a donut oh i've got d- <laughs>
2: donuts coming out of my ears now this is fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna come to right Utah right in right. October. So boom. There's
0: there's, no, perfect. Oh, man, there's nothing perfect. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Donuts are like. Donuts make everything better. I actually, I, I told a coworker the other day. I was like, I could go running or I could eat this donut, like Heart because time. because they're mutually exclusive. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah, they're
2: almost the same thing too. You know, it's,
0: yeah. I think yeah. you lose weight
2: with donuts. I mean, Ooh, they're the, negative the calories. Shape is
0: a zero, <laughs> yes. zero calories, right? Yes. Anyway, we'll jump into it. So, cool. Chris, can you share with our listeners how you got started in music?
2: Music in general. Okay, let's go way back now. So my mom is a professional musician. She was actually kind of a child okay. prodigy uh, on piano. She was playing, you know, Beethoven sonatas at nine years old, that sort of thing, competitions. She has perfect pitch and was performing. But she's from small town Minnesota. So just didn't have the reach of this if she was in Chicago or New York or something. So we grew up with it. You know, she was the music director at our church. And, you know, I was taking piano lessons at eight years old. Well, that's really hard for your say, mom. I
0: know you also, yeah. you also play the piano.
2: Yeah, it's hard to take lessons from your mom so it didn't last that long a couple two three years or something and then she just gave up because like, i'm not going to keep fighting with you about practicing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but i was always singing and saying you know, i was in choirs in high school and stuff and then when i was in 11th grade my best friend at the time decided he wanted to learn how to play piano so we started playing and within a few months or he got better than me i said oh hell no <laughs>
0: that's not happening you can't have that
2: no so then i started playing again too and then i got way more into it and started you know, helping that game and then going to college for piano and vocal uh, but yes, yeah, so we Grew up with it, my brother and my sister and I all had that musical influence constantly around us. You know, mom was always doing performing in bands on the weekends and then you know, church on Sunday mornings and then whatever's going on during the week. And we'd have 40 piano students coming in out of our house every day, which I just got used to until I realized that's not normal to have any people coming in out of your house because <laughs> life is I don't know any different. <laughs>
0: that was your sense of, normal. yeah, yeah. So that's
2: how we got, I got started in it the whole family band thing going on. Okay,
0: how about acapella?
2: cappella? Yeah, I didn't have a particular love for acapella growing up but just you know I had people singing that's cool and mm-hmm. then when I was in college was when Napster had just started and suddenly there were just we had you know there's like network on this in, in college, and suddenly everyone's MP3 files were available for us all to look at and, and grab from each other, and then find online. And it's like whoa, it was a whole new world. And within that, I kind of I guess rediscovered Rocapella because I had watched Carmen <laughs> San Diego and then blowing my mind like what are they doing with their voices? This is the coolest thing ever. How is this possible? <laughs> and I, you know absorbed every single that I could find, and I became obsessed with it. Then talking with my brother and our our third kind of partner in crime, Matt Atwood is his name. He was my brother's best friend, and we started Home Free back in, in 2001 okay. to be a rockabilly clone. And we, our first song was Pretty Woman, <laughs> and we had tuxedo shirts on, and it was at the church church yes. talent show, and we all wore sunglasses, and we all jumped from around 180 degrees hundred eighty degrees to start our song and that's how we did it and it was so bad i mean so bad and we brought the wife up and we sang it to her and well, we did it and you that, guys didn't win awesome. first place What? well it wasn't really a contest versus just a show oh I mean, just a yeah. show okay a church talent show it's not
1: <laughs> yeah. oh everyone wins in that case yes okay. we all, yeah. all won
2: yeah. and lost at the same time Uh, But that's how it started And from that point on I love this to to death And I'll go into the whole Home Free story here Because I don't know If that was the next question Or not But it's going to be now So we started just doing this And we had a couple Other guys from church That had done it with us And they were older guys That liked singing But it wasn't their career Or anything And they kind of laughed At the three of us Young kids 19 year olds whatever putting this thing together I'm like all right we'll, we'll help you guys out but you know this is not silly and uh, we just kept doing it though as a hobby until it became more than a hobby mm-hmm. we always wanted it to be but you know it was hard to build to that until about so that was when we started in 2007 we had our first big break i guess we got a job on a cruise ship to Alaska for the last of four months oh wow and we did that and that was cool and then in 2008 or so, so we brought in rob lundquist he swapped out one of the other guys mm-hmm. and uh, we just started he was high tenor Right. Kind of at the time, yeah. yeah. Okay. We just kept doing shows, and every year it got a little bit better, enough that we kept with it. It was always, are we going to like actually get real jobs at some point, guys? I mean, this is killing my <laughs> we our time here. We're our time here. <laughs> <laughs> it always got a little bit better. It's like, okay, fine. Let's keep trying and keep pushing through it. And, oh, I should tell the boat story. Uh, so the reason people ask me, you know, why do you have the name Home Free is because we were, as we were coming up with a name for a group, we couldn't, nothing was really resonating with us. And then Matt had suggested, how about Home Free? And we say, well, okay, why that? I said, well, my grandpa's boat is named Home Free. And he'd probably give us money if we named the group after his boat.
1: Oh, easy. <laughs> oh so, yeah, Easy choice. <laughs> and <laughs> he did. He loaned oh, us about $15,000 to
2: buy. All wow. equipment we'd ever want to have, you know, for the for the group early on. So that's, that's why it's why called Home Free. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. And then it's a great name. It works, especially as it, as it turned into a country group because it certainly wasn't at first. You know, we were the Rockefeller mm-hmm. clones. So we were doing pop stuff and a little bit of this mm-hmm. and that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we got involved with Tim Faust in 2010 or so. But then he was just doing it for a little while because he wasn't committed until 2012. He said, Hey, guys, I want to do this full time now. So we got rid of our current base to bring in Tim because that was a tough phone oh. call.
0: I mean, <laughs> I, can... I got. I gotta say, I can't blame you because I'm just thinking I'm having flashbacks of Ring of Fire.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I when I talked to, to the guy that was singing with us, you know, I said that he would no hard feelings. And I mean, this is this is Tim Fowles who wants to join us full time. We yeah. have to. Yeah. We we're On the fence with with him anyway. It was a great guy. Nothing. I know nothing against him. Just Business, wasn't the best. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't the best fit. And. Yeah, heck yeah. And then, and then Matt decided to retire that year as well, so we brought in Austin and then early 2013 okay. that we auditioned for the sing-off. And at that point, yep. you know, we Austin had just subbed this a couple times and we were trying out a bunch of people, so we didn't really know who was gonna join the group full time. But then we did the sing-off edition and we decided to go with this country thing. And I actually really didn't decide to, we actually decided against it. But we did a country song oh. in the audition. Okay, here is more tribute for you guys. Okay. Just, you guys don't get questions. I am just going to. Oh no no, take it away. Oh, okay. no, this, this, is, is this, is this is your show. This is great. This is great. So Austin is a very very country background, although he sings a lot of different styles. Of mm-hmm. course, Tim was as well. But neither of them wanted to really do country. I guess Austin did. Tim definitely didn't. Rob didn't. My brother didn't. <laughs> I didn't care. I just wanted to get on the show. Like I'll do whatever. I just want to be on the show. Well, I, yeah. I was going to
0: say the cow- the cowboy hat.
2: Right. Well, that, well. Okay, we'll get to that. So we went to the audition and the group decided. Well, one, we barely auditioned. We weren't going to. Oh gosh. I've another funny story oh. you guys aren't going to get anything so there was a girl <laughs> I had met in a cruise ship and her name was Marie, and Marie actually now sings with Seventh Ave. So I told her okay. the story before; okay. it was pretty funny. We laughed about it, but she was really cute, and so I wanted to hit on her. And she was in New York, so we got off the cruise ship because we were we were guest entertainers at that point in the ship. And she would seen us; she was an acapella fan, so we hung out and I stayed in touch. And I you know, wanted to go flirt with her. So she was in New York, and Humphrey decided we were not going to audition. We'd auditioned in the previous seasons, and you know hadn't gotten on. And you know, we were already at that point; we were a full time touring group. We were doing cruise ship stuff. We were doing full schedule of corporate shows and state fairs and all that kind of stuff, and like we're we're good. You know, we don't want to sign a contract. We don't want them to control us. Like we're we're happy. But yeah, it's this little what if, and so we were back and forth on it and kind of sided against it. And then the auditions, there was one in Chicago which we would have gone to, but we didn't want to do it, so we said no. But there was one in New York as well, and it actually worked out. We could go to New York and then to our cruise ship gigs right afterwards. So it kind of, we were already traveling and Marie was in New York. And so I said, okay guys, we're going to do this. I decided to make it happen and pushed it because Marie was in New York. And if she was not there, we wouldn't have done it. We wouldn't have noticed what happened. Well, thank Ma- you, Marie. Ma-
1: hey, that is the quintessential, like, what is proof of guys only seeing a good girl. Right. There, it, it really you know? is. Come on. And
2: nothing happened between us at all. It didn't even what? work. Nothing? <laughs> no. Uh-huh. So anyway, then we're in the audition for the sing-off. And like I said, the guys didn't want to do it. So we had three songs we were going to do we had worked up a version of trains 50 ways to 50 ways to take yeah that's by. what it was yeah it was fun yeah okay. pop song it was it she was went down in it yeah well, i should just i have yeah. we have we never did anything about arrangement i have it. i should cover it still what? anyway
1: oh yeah you gotta do that
2: you just should up the archives that song like, is like fantastic. i'll make a video it's out or anyway we had that one and then we had tim's version of your man josh turner okay. uh, which okay. is classic and we did a video of that after the fact too and then we had uh, life's a highway rascal flats which we did on the show mm-hmm. and we did it more a little more poppy than country but whatever so we opened with life's a highway and your man we thought those were too solid then we'll close to the pop song and i deliberately kind of made that choice because i was still kind of thinking country might be good angle guys even though they'd said no so we did those two songs, and they said, oh my gosh, the, the producers, we, we love this. We've never had a country group on the show. I'm like, oh, we're not really a country group. We just did a song like that. They <laughs> said, no, no, no. We've never had a country group country. on the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you, you
0: picking
2: up what I'm you, saying? Yeah. You
1: are a country yeah, like group I now. Said, do, you have
2: any, do you have anything else as country? And we said, well, I mean, like six months ago, we did a Garth Brooks tune for a corporate event that they asked us to learn. They said, well, we're going to do 50 ways to say goodbye. He said, no, nope. we want to hear the Garth Brooks. Go out, <laughs> practice it, relearn it, come back in in a oh half hour. Oh, my gosh. I said, okay, I guess oh that's what we're going to do. So we went back out. do you remember this song? How did this go? And we we're kind of working out, like, okay, yeah, we're getting it back. That's so how it went. And I okay, we got it. And we went back in there. And so we were kind of, you know, we were just a little sloppy with it because we hadn't really done it much. But they said mm-hmm. they liked that one the best because we were more off the cuff and not as polished or not as prepared uh, for it and right. they said yeah they said you guys this is fantastic and they pretty much told us you're gonna be on on the sing-off this season before oh, we even crazy. left
0: okay I, I gotta say though it doesn't quite surprise me that the producers were like, you're a country yep, group.
2: absolutely. Go learn mm-hmm. this and come
0: back. And the only reason I say that is because Brian and I actually had one of my friends, Amy Whitcomb. I'm Amy. Who was previously, mm-hmm. yeah. So she was, and, and she actually was telling us how Delilah got started <laughs> and how it came from the producers. And they were like, we want to put this together. Whereas yeah. when it, when I think it was season two, when Delilah I was on, sounds, on the spot. Yeah, I think so. Because I think Noteworthy was on it in season one. But she was telling us that well, she told us that, but when the I remember when the show aired, because I remember watching it, and it was, oh, Amy had this great idea, and she reached out to so-and-so, <laughs> who reached out to so and it was oh, just, yeah. it, it, it makes it sound so much more exciting, I guess. Yeah, they're trying <laughs> to
2: tell the story. The producers are producing know, it Right. But right. there's
0: there's so much behind the scenes that happens that
1: you yeah, don't know about. They want to give so the I, I viewer something to latch on to at the end of right. the day. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a right.
2: whole nother podcast episode we could do, talking about what goes on <laughs> behind the scenes <laughs> of the sing up. Behind yeah.
1: the scenes. So, yeah. So I guess just to kind of hearing all of that, and man, what... A wild and crazy story that is. What What is something you take away from that, you know, experience of, you know, you guys kind of going through that development on, you know, becoming mm-hmm. the group that you all ended up being through the sing-off? And then the fact that acapella before then and even kind of still now is so niche at the end of the day, but you guys are part of that wave, national exposure, mm-hmm. you know, viral videos, things like that. What do you take away from that experience of doing the sing-off and being on TV and just kind of rising up through the ranks there? Wow,
2: there's a lot to unpack there in that question.
1: Sorry, <laughs> we, we asked very loaded questions. Yeah,
2: where, where to begin? you be like, there's so much. So the show for us, you know, this thing off is kind of like acapella summer camp, That's what it was. And the producers... You know they're trying to make it a competition, and you're gonna go after mm-hmm. everybody, blah blah. You know? And we kind of we look at them like, no, that's not what this show is. I'm sorry, we're not gonna <laughs> pretend like we hate the Philharmonic or something because we love these guys. We're, <laughs> we all hang out together. We just this is so much fun. Like we're having a great time singing with everybody, and you know there were super long days, but at the end of the time, at the end of the day, you know we'd be maybe have a drink in the bar together at the end of the night before we all go to bed or something. And so we had a great time. But within that, there's still a lot of production elements that go into it, and so. That show really upped Home Freeze Game. I mean, we came into the show with an advantage one, having that country angle in the first place, which is distinctive Mm -hmm. and that that the producers could latch onto and they could market. But we had an advantage of being an established group touring full time for the last three, four years. So we could arrange stuff faster, we could put it together faster, we had the chemistry versus a lot of the groups for the show, like Glida, put together for the show. Right. So that helped us. But the thing of really upped our production games so much showing us what was possible what they demanded of us with choreography With staging, with how the lighting can be done, how costuming can be done, what we should be thinking about in the songs. You know, the story with Ring of Fire on the show was Tim had done, actually, Tim and I both did an arrangement because we didn't know how it was going to go. So we said, I'll try one, you try one, and we'll come back together and see what. And most of his was resonating more. So we're like, all right, we'll work on what Tim's version was. And then we kind of did it. And then we were hanging out with Deke Sharon because he was, you know, he, as one of the producers, and said, Mm -hmm. okay, this is good. It's not great. You know, we want Mm -hmm. great. How do we make it great? and so we just started kind of playing different fields. My brother was trying different drum beats, and kind of got this sort of reggae kind of feel that we ended up with. And it grew, and we, we shaped it over that night. And we said, "Okay, you now this this is really cool. This is something different. This is going to get attention." And that's the, that's the episode that really blew up on Free with Bring Your Fire when Tim right. nails the low note at the end and blah blah. blah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So,
1: so did that arrangement, the the version that most of us know it now, did it really come together just in one night? I know yeah. that you said that it kind of developed through different iterations. Yeah. Yeah, well,
2: we, I mean, so CNF is so fast. We, I don't remember the exact days. I think we filmed on Tuesdays. So by Wednesday morning, we had given the new song. And they would ask us to, you know, they would want to be filming stuff already with us working on the new song that we had just gotten that morning kind of thing. Like, we don't have anything yet. We'll make something up. We want to film you. Okay. So by (laughs) Wednesday night, Tim and I are both working on it. So by Thursday morning, we've got something to start singing together because we had that quick return on it has to happen immediately and so then let's say we're working on it all day thursday and by all day i mean amongst the costume fittings and amongst the promo and press stuff we have to do amongst the choreography of the opening number of amongst also mm-hmm. working on our battle song we had to do like it was jam-packed but we still have several hours to work as ourselves as a group and uh, then we kind of probably had to figure it out thursday night and then friday we're meeting with Sharon, uh, and that's when we, these are vague days, but shirts sure, go with that. That's when we spent a couple hours really workshopping it and figured out what it was going to be, so that by Saturday, we're on stage working out the choreography and blocking. By Sunday, we're presenting it to the producers with uh, the full staging and lighting stuff, and Monday, dress rehearsal, and Tuesday, we film. so super Man. quick. So yeah, one night was when we cat this is what it's going to be, and then it's just get it, polish it, and get it better.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, it sounds like you guys didn't sleep at all during all no, of No, it was
2: seven <laughs> days a week, about 12-hour days. And then you still have to exist Oof. somehow, shape or form outside of that, right? So yeah, it yeah. was brutal. And I, I always tell people it was a cool experience. I'm so glad I did it. I would not really want to do it again though. But I'm glad it happened. But, yeah, it's so, so demanding and draining. And then to not want to kill each other after seven weeks in a hotel.
1: That's the real (laughs) test right there.
2: But the product was great. Like like I said, we improved so much of what we were doing and had that different Mm -hmm. perspective of how to take what Home Free was doing to the next level. And we we saw the success. You know, we saw once once Ring of Fire happened, we kind of looked at each other afterwards. The audience reaction and said, guys, this is ours to lose. So we kind of felt... That we felt we were the yeah. Ever. Oh yeah,
1: you guys ran away with that season. It was yeah.
2: Dope. We laughed. We never. everyone had to produce battle songs every week in case you were one of the top two to battle it out. Which again was them <laughs> trying to make a fight happen. We're like no, this <laughs> is coordinated. Man, we're having a right, great time. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: I don't get why singing competitions do that battle thing. Kind of. I'm like, you can hella
2: group. Points. I mean, maybe it's yeah. solo singers like they do with Idol. But I mean, still, even. Run off tangent. Adam Bastine <laughs> is one of the guys that form 7th Ave with me and his husband Jerome mm-hmm. were on The Voice a couple of years ago as a duo one of the okay. rare duo groups oh. oh, and they were eliminated in their battle round with another person and they mm-hmm. said it was so much fun singing a song with this other girl and the, the three of them doing it, like, it wasn't a battle. Mm-hmm. They were just, they were making music yeah. together. It was just so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we never had to do our battle songs. We always prepped them and we had some great stuff, but we worked out. Oh, wow. We never were in the final two ever to have to do the battle. Everyone wow. else was.
1: Do you remember what song the, the battle songs would have been if you guys Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. Them? Well, the first one was Bye Bye Bye, and we, we released a video of that. <laughs> awesome. One of them was Survivor, which released then with VoicePlay, because VoicePlay has both had fun really? versions of it. So, okay. yeah, okay. we released a video of Home Free versus VoicePlay Survivor. One was, I mean, there are all the songs that were on the show. Just we didn't do our versions of them. Because everyone had to do the same song. To prep for it. Okay. So whatever was on the show is what we did as well. We had oh, gotcha. cool versions gotcha. of it. Just no one, the world ever saw it.
1: Heard your version. Yeah, right.
2: yeah. Anyway, so that um, was this thing off, and that's the kind of grew out of that. And then they put us in a place where so the the record label didn't know what to do with us really either. So we were mm-hmm. put onto so uh, Columbia, which is part of Sony, but we were a country group. Okay. and Columbia is One Direction, Celine Dion, which is fine. We can still work within that la- that under that label, but we should have been with Sony Nashville which would have made more sense. But that's that the show's contract was with Columbia. So we worked so long about trying to get that transferred over. because This was in the same company, but, you know, it's and Red Tape. Right. And then the guy the, that was head of Sony Nashville wanted to have us come over, but then he left or was fired or something, and then the new guy didn't care, and blah, blah, blah. So it, that was kind of frustrating dealing with the label, because the label didn't know what to do with us. We were one of the more successful acts by percentages, Because Mm -hmm. they didn't spend very much money on us because they didn't know what to do with us. So we made a lot of money. (laughs) So we're like, wow, we've invested nothing and they're making us money. Like, we're not making one direction money by any stretch of them. Right. So the gross never like nothing, but percentage wise, like, hey, yeah, this, this act's doing great. Let's just keep doing what you're doing, guys. So we got to deal with that stuff, too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling here in these little sing-offs. No,
1: stories. no, that's it's awesome. I
0: mean, this this has all been such fun conversation. And we've only gotten through, like, one and a half more <laughs> questions. So we have so much more we can talk about and will talk about. But it is time for us to take our first commercial break. But to our listeners, don't go anywhere, because we'll be right back with Chris on Talkapella.
2: Justin Glodich
1: has done a lot in music, directed a collegiate group, performed on a reality... TV show, and now he's in the classroom as a music educator, and he's got a show all about it. Aka Education focuses on how to bring contemporary acapella into music classrooms, and you can hear it right here, Thursdays at 7 p.m. East, 4 p.m. West, and again on rebroadcast Sundays at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. East, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. West. It's also part of the AkaVille Podcast Network at podcast.acaville.org.
2: And welcome back to Tacapella. You're listening to Chris, Brian, and Alicia as we Talk about all of the ins and outs of the acapella world, especially that wonderful, amazing man, Chris Rupp. So strap on in, enjoy the ride as you listen to the dulcet tones of Mr. Chris. <laughs> Wow.
0: That was my favorite. Wow, okay. was my we, favorite. We should probably
1: just end the show, like, right there on that. I know it was the intro, but we're shutting down the show after that one.
0: Oh, my gosh. That was amazing. Our
1: listeners who have been with us for quite some time, they know that our guests intro every part of the second half of the show. And that that just took it to a whole level. That will never be I'm tough. like, I'm at, literally at a loss for words, and I have a sheet of paper with all the words I need to say right in front of me.
0: That but. Man, That was that will never be. True. I hate that,
2: if Tim Faust in the show. Have him do it as well. He'll base it up for real, um, and then you might need a few seconds okay. after that just to kind of fan yourself.
1: All right, yeah, we got to reach out to Tim.
2: I, I got to tell
0: you, I'm a la- I'm a lady base, so I right. very much appreciate.
2: Hey, go ahead. Say it. a lady bass is fantastic. It doesn't have the same effect as Tim. Though. It doesn't.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't. Well, my opinion is you can never have too much bass. Yep, oh, I, I, I
2: agree so. with that. I'm with
1: you. Hey, hey, I'm a dude, and I can appreciate what just happened here. <laughs> yeah, you just heard the voice stylings of Mr. Chris Rupp right no, just now. This Mr. is Mr. Chris. Mr. Chris. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's what we're calling All him, right. Mr. Chris. After that one, so during the first half of the show, man, he's just been regaling us with his many stories and experiences with Home Free and just his background, how he got started in music and this has been such a fantastic show we're going to keep that i'm like i've just been having a blast here so this is great really Um, i've been
2: miserable the whole time so wow (laughs) really i I cannot tell
1: (laughs) (laughs) so during that first half like i said we we learned so much about home free and a sing-off but man chris you are a a part of so many other groups you have so many other projects and things going on we kind of want to touch base on that a little bit so over the years we've witnessed your involvement with multiple groups who've had like so many different types of musical styles and focuses then you've done country pop even spiritual and much more have you found it challenging at all to be a part of like groups that just focus on a particular genre and then just completely switch it up to something new
2: Hmm, challenging yeah so one of the challenges we had with when whole free became a country group was, okay, we are now a country group, so we can only do something as country-related. And uh, so even onto the sing-off catch, we can't get off the sing-off, come back to it. So the oh, final <laughs> episode uh, was the holiday thing as well. And so uh, every, uh, the three finalist groups did kind of holiday songs with the judges. And we did Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas with Jewel. And I had arranged a vocal jazz version of that song on one of Home Free's pre-sing-off Christmas albums, which ironically have become collector's items. Really? Yeah, and oh, you know, wow. I had about, I don't know, you know, 40 or 50 in my house still. That was all that left. We weren't going to reprint them or anything because once we moved on. But people mm-hmm. wanted them, right. so I was selling them for 100 bucks a piece and people were buying them. Wow! Like, okay, oh, there kidding. you go, yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> they were 10 bucks, you know, three years ago, but now... Wow! We were doing uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas and uh, I adapted it to work with Jewel, but it still had... It was vocal jazz. And we since we had a, you know, a sixth person with Jewel, we could have more interesting stuff. And it, it was fantastic. You can find it on YouTube still. It went great. And at the end of it, Sean Stockman and Ben Folds were freaking out. They said, that was so amazing. It's so good. They called me over to talk to them. I'm like, who want to talk to me? So I walked over there and I said, dude, where did that come from? I thought you guys were just a country group, little 135 harmony. And I said... Well, yeah, that's what the show told us to be. Right, <laughs> but we do a lot of stuff, and this is just... yeah, we got so much more. <laughs> yeah, know so about. this is so fun to do this. A... Anyway, so yeah, so we got of that a lot with uh, with home free always being a country thing, and mm-hmm. it's, in a way, it's one of the reasons. I mean, we should probably touch on this because it's kind of who I am about my, my story of why I ended up leaving the band is. I enjoy country and I started wearing the cowboy hat to try to make myself more country but I'm mm-hmm. you know southern Minnesota you know white boy <laughs> I, I don't know I, I don't I'm not a country guy you know I, so you're telling
0: yeah. me the cowboy hat you're a fraud I am
2: absolutely a fraud I'm right, right. talking yeah. with Twain and everything and it sound sounding fake you know it sounding <laughs> real and I start singing that way and they like no 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 you you don't we don't want you singing the country songs like that oh and, my gosh
0: that's amazing yeah,
2: and, and cuz you know, Tim and Austin had it they were really were Yeah. And so it's it frustrating. Okay, everything has to be country, everything we do. And I, like I said, I like it, but it started getting so limiting. And then mm-hmm. uh, also just the, the frustrations and challenges of working in a group, especially in a pressure situation, as we mm-hmm. were, because we were at, at the level that Comfort kind of gotten to. Right, too. right. And, and, and Avi felt some of the same stuff with pentatonics. Right. He started questioning, like, why am I – this is still fun. I mean, yes, it is, but is it is this as fun as I want it to be? And he did it with the committee and the arguments and disagreements about what we should do or how we should do it, and it just – Became, yeah, it just became less fun. And I wasn't enjoying yeah. it anymore. And so I decided to move on to other things. And one of the things that I moved on to was, one, my own solo stuff, which mm-hmm. was terrifying to, to take that leap, you know, mm-hmm. but proud and excited that I, I did it. And then also I created another band called Seventh Ave, which had strong vocal harmonies, but it also was going to have choreography, dancing, and mm-hmm. a more variety of music kind of a show group and we, I started that with Adam Bestine, who I mentioned earlier my sister who's also a fantastic senior dancer and Kelly Jekyll okay. who is on Sing Off Season 2 and the Pitch Perfect movies and a uh, wonderful wonderful gal and so yeah we started doing that for a while and then that's what Seventh Ave grew out of and so I had two dual paths going doing my own solo thing which I tend to do a lot of I started doing my spiritual gospel stuff I grew up in the church and I learned that music so much and I, I love that music so much and I think like, oh, I'll do some songs like that for a while but I was also doing things Things like i put out a a solo piano CD just stuff like original piano songs I I made up and I did a pop country instrumental album I did a a pop acapella CD and then I did my three gospel CDs but I'm also doing Seventh Ave which has three CDs out as well which is stuff with full instrumentation I've got horns I've got strings full stuff going on anyway anyway, I I ramble again but it was so fun to have those opportunities to do so many different things and to make my own decisions and directions on what I wanted to do you know when a committee of one oh it's so much easier
1: yeah and, and I, i'm so curious with that because i'm a person that i like to be involved in so many different things especially when it comes to art i don't like to be kind of limited to mm-hmm. just one particular style and it sounds like you have so many outlets there is it more about just like a discovery of who you want to be as an artist or is just like hey i have so many different passions that i just i need something for each of them is, is that which one is it for Ooh. you do you know who you want to be as an artist or is it you're still just trying to figure that out
2: i guess i think i'm always figuring it out a little bit little bit. That's part of the journey as well of not settling into one spot. You start settling and then you're not moving forward anymore. More funny anecdotes for you guys. So, we did a collaboration with Kenny Rogers and, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, so many stories! Okay, so the Kenny Rogers story (laughs) was one of the worst experiences of Home Free, actually. One of the reasons that that kind of helped push me to, to say, I don't want to do this anymore. So, we had done a collaboration with him on a Christmas song for his CD and it went great. We had a great time with Kenny. The video was fun. And Kenny decided is promoting his album he was going to be on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon mm-hmm. and nice. he said hey I want you guys to come out and be with it, with me on this because he loved us and he wanted to support what we were doing who we said That's oh yeah bad. we're going to be on the Tonight Show <laughs> so we had a show in Nashville on Sunday night and Kenny so uh, Sunday night <laughs> Sunday night we had a show in Nashville on Monday morning we were flying to New York then to be on the show and then Tuesday we had another show we were in the middle of tour mm-hmm. we had an off day on Monday so Monday morning, 7 a.m., we're at the airport, we're on our plane, ready to go. And the pilot comes on and says, we have a problem with the fuel tanks. We have to empty them out and refill them. It's going to take three hours. Okay, so we get off. We need to get to New York. What are the other options? Yep. All right, Delta's got a flight that leaves in an hour. We can do that. Well, let's jump on that. Okay, all right, so we'll pay whatever it costs. Let's get on this plane, and we're ready to board, and they say, oh, we, we have a groundhold in New York now. There's fog, so we can't take
1: uh-huh. off. No. Oh. Jeez, man. Yeah,
2: now it's 8.30 or something, and it's we lose an hour traveling over there plus uh mm-hmm. an hour and a half flight or something. And mm-hmm. we're starting to panic. This is good. And our manager's on the phone with the Tonight Show people. We're like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And we're sitting in the, the lounge and we're trying to figure out just waiting is going to happen. And then we say, okay, we could hire a private jet and the jet could fly us to Teeterboro, which is real close there. It's a private airport to New York. Mm-hmm. And that was going to cost $15,000. And <sighs> oh. Yeah and uh, we're looking at the time and we say okay we have to do the tonight show guys we've got to do this yeah uh, fifteen thousand dollars we have to do this and we sign the paper as soon as we sign the document saying that we're on it's on it's non refundable and Aww. we drive to the private airfield the pilot has to drive in whatever they're filling up the jet so it's maybe a half hour after this. And then the show comes back and says, we're cutting you guys. It's too risky. No. We don't have time uh. to get it set up. We're just not going to deal with it. So Kenny did just like one of the other songs of his on the show. And we're oh, devastated. It's like, well, we're flying to New York. So we get on the plane and we fly to, to New York and we're just miserable Man. and yeah, we worked out something and this is before we, got, we were able to do something on the next morning on Fox and Friends actually we sang a Christmas song because we had done something prior and this was before mm-hmm. Fox and Friends got super Trump crazy so it wasn't as <laughs> shocking to be on the show
0: Hey, Brian, there it is. Politics,
1: again. <laughs> Right there, right in the queue.
0: We were chatting about some stuff before the show. Uh, today. Nice. We got
2: something out of it still, but we, we got to the nice show. We hung out in Kenny's dressing room for a couple hours, just chatting with him and talking with him. We met Channing Tatum. He came in. He was on the oh, show. Oh, nice! You so he want to talk okay. to Kenny? Like, all right, cool. Man, we got a picture with him. He was a nice guy, but it was an off, just such an awful experience. And then even the next morning yeah. to be on the show, we were in such a bad mental place. It was not a great performance oh, by us. Plus, you had to be there at five in the morning, so we're exhausted. And uh, yeah, it was just miserable that that whole thing happened. It was such a negative experience for me. That was really one of the one of the steps that said, I don't want to be on this. I don't want to care about this much. So yeah, sad anecdote. But then we actually got a lot of help from our fans. They felt so bad about us that we. We raised money to pay for the jet. Yeah, they donated money. Wow. You know, because I mean, Home Free was doing well, but we were not doing well. Right, right. <laughs> no, there's right. a lot of fingers yeah. in the Home Free pie: the I label bet, and bet. management, and accountants, and publisher. I mean, everything. Just yeah. You know. So fifteen thousand was definitely not nothing. Uh, oh no. So yeah, but so oh, yeah, they no. cheap, they they here here we love you guys. That's yeah. amazing. I, I'm
0: sure that that had to feel good. at yeah,
2: least Yeah, it did. It did help, though. It's like, well, we could have asked for this money without needing to have this problem. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> way easier. Oh totally, um, totally. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to do different things. Yeah, it's definitely very mm-hmm. satisfying to be able to do different things. I wouldn't say it's a Oh, why why even brought up Kenny Rogers? So, when Kenny first reached out to us, he said, you know, he had done a lot of different things in his life before becoming a country star, and he sent us these MP3 old audio clips of him as an 18-year-old where he oh, was wow. playing upright bass and singing three-part jazz in his little jazz group really? and he was pretty good like wow kenny rogers was a legit no musician that. right yeah you do not know but <laughs> that's awesome. he had you know different outlets and different things and you know, he's mm-hmm. in country that's what you do and i like that story from him too about you know it's kind the way he lived life and he was a cool guy very sad he died last year and so i yeah i take in that i i like to do different things i don't necessarily have to but it's nice to be able to like the very first thing Seventh Ave did was a Meghan Trainor cover of No, and we did it this rockabilly style. And it was so fun. Like, oh, this is really cool to mm. do this very, very differently. And I, I really enjoyed that being able to stretch in different ways because you grow more as a musician when you can do that. If you're, if you're not right. being forced to change, then change does not happen right. and you're not evolving. Yeah. So this is, it forced me in so many ways to change and to improve and get better in so many aspects that I wouldn't have if I was still in the band from the last four years or five years. I'm curious,
0: long. is there a particular genre you enjoy performing or singing more than others?
2: I don't think so, really. I right. mean, there are certainly ones that I'm better at. <laughs> you know, they're, Even in, in the various groups I'm in, it's always, well, yes, I could sing this song, but I know you're going to do it better than I am, so you sing that That's song. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I totally,
0: totally get that. So you, you've been talking about Seventh Ave. Mm-hmm. So with that group, you all kind of seem to explore various facets of music you've got some performances that are all vocal versus some that include instruments mm-hmm. some are very lively while <laughs> others are more intimate do you see seventh avenue as more of a musical outlet to try whatever the group is feeling artistically or does the group have a particular brand that they're trying to convey with yeah their music? that was a question
2: we certainly had from the day one of this and that's okay. one of the reasons that i knew like a bad choice Because one of the reasons that Home Free became successful outside of the show was that by focusing on country music, we now had a description about us. We had, like, we know, people Mm -hmm. know what this is versus we're a variety act that will sing 12 different styles and genres. Okay, cool. How do you market that beyond just we do everything? Well whatever and that's what 7th Ave was doing and it was tough because that's what we wanted to do we wanted to have fun with it and just do whatever inspired us and have crazy ideas and and do things and we knew that was going to limit what we did but it was worth it because this was just going to be an outlet for us if it had taken off more I mean sure but especially once Kelly left the, the group After the first year, because she wanted to focus on her movie career, we said, "Yeah, we definitely like. I don't think this is going to be a thing thing. Let's just keep having fun with it and just doing whatever Uh we're inspired by." And we still do that now. Like the one we have coming out next week, we did with the group that as it currently exists. We had a bunch of other friends down here in Orlando. We put together an eight piece eight-part corral arrangement of Out There from Hunchback in Notre Dame. So something like that yeah. Voice of Liberty of Octave, you know, would do here. Well, that's different. That's nothing like our rockabilly version of No.
1: Yeah, definitely unexpected. <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah, I've enjoyed that run, but at the same time now, I mean, I'm also thinking it's kind of nearing its natural end. It just, you, you only invest so much money into a project before it's like, oh, we're not really, I'm, I'm tired of just... Spending three, four, five hundred thousand dollars on a song that I'm not going to make back at all ever for my own personal joy. Like, hey, I've done that for four years now. I don't need as much personal joy. That's fair. uh, And actually, (laughs) I'm down in Orlando right now because next week I'm filming a bunch of more projects with Seventh Ave. And we're kind of feeling like this is probably the last things we're going to do unless I say that, but then not something will come up. Like, all right, let's do this. And we had put together (laughs) an actual show, but it was fantastic. We toured with it a year ago through a concert agency. Okay. And it would actually sell really well on cruise ships. And we had started talking with cruise ship people and we're going to do that and then that was March of 2020 so oh, and then
0: COVID
1: <laughs> there's a
2: little <laughs> thing that happened I don't know if you guys even noticed it but uh, it really
1: what <laughs> event could you be
2: referring yeah, to hmm. yeah it's kind of shut down
0: that's still kind of ongoing what? I guess no. so uh, yeah
2: so like alright well because we have a body material that we have a show it's, it's fun it's great it's solid so
0: speaking of projects yes, okay. I know you just dropped a new
2: video. Oh, oh my gosh what a lovely segue <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a lovely segue um
2: yes <laughs> tell us about it I will all right so i uh, did an, as my third gospel cd i did last january came out this january five months ago okay dates are hard <laughs> and i had last year right when COVID had been hitting as well i have been talking to a bunch of different people about putting together an acapella base cd so collaborations Ooh. with all these different people in the acapella world. So okay. uh, I talked to Matt Silly. he from Pentatonix he was interested mm-hmm. in doing it. Jeff from Voice Play was gonna do it, Tim was gonna do it, Adam Chance was gonna do it with me. And I reached out to Alvin Chia from Take Six and he was on oh, board. Nice. Barry Carl was gonna do it with me from Vintage Acapella. Oh, like this is gonna be a fun Legends. project, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then again, COVID happened and it just messed it all up, even though I guess people would have had more time, but people just didn't want to commit to anything. It was frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I had a few people already happening. I had the project with Tim, I had one with Alvin Chia done already mm-hmm. and both of them ended up being religious gospel songs I did This Little Light of Mine with Alvin Shea in the mm-hmm. style of great six. video and mm-hmm. I did Long Black Train which is Josh Turner hits but it's still kind of a spiritual one with, with Tim I said you know my bass collab CD is kind of falling apart here, so why don't I just turn this into my third gospel album and just have those two featured collabs on it? So I did that, and when I do my projects like that, because of these gospel spirituals, it's a lot of older songs that people recognize, which is great because a lot of mm-hmm. them are in the public domain, so you don't have to license them. So oh, yeah, I can put out Amazing Grace and it's all coming to me, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Which I did. Totally. I that video comes out next month. But anyway, but I also wanted to put something that's kind of new and current, so I did it on my the last cd as well and so this one i was working out in my basement i had just kind of a discover weekly on or something on spotify and justin Bieber had mm-hmm. just released the new song holy back in i don't know this was october november or something and i heard that one and it's, you know it's the beebs and i thought but, wow <laughs> this is actually are you telling us you're a believer uh, in a way yes but because <laughs> i admired appreciate what justin's work has come in the last few years but a believer okay. is someone okay. I would reference from 10-15 years ago. In which case, no. Okay, fair ah, enough.
1: good point. Fair enough. I can relate because you know, in the early days, I was not a Justin oh, Bieber fan no. at not. all. I was. Oh, I was no not way. I was like, this is not my kind of music. But then I find myself that I'm hearing a song baby, on the radio. Baby, baby, yeah, was,
0: yeah oh,
1: definitely oh, not. I couldn't. Uh, uh, I, couldn't. Uh, uh, I couldn't. But then, like his recent stuff, I'm just like, solid. who is this? Yeah, yeah his recent yeah. stuff's a lot.
2: Yeah, and I'm listening to Holy, like, and a lot better. This is great. Yeah, yeah, he's got some hits. I'm going to cover this one this will be my my new one and uh, mm-hmm. it so but in the song chance the rapper does this whole rap thing and you know uh-huh. i could have faked it and i could have wrapped it but man Wait, you don't rap i mean sure i do i do everything but again sometimes <laughs> the best choice is not me to do it that's fair. <clears throat> so and then I thought, oh, you know, Florida Georgia line had a song called Holy a couple of years ago that came mm-hmm. out and I'm like, oh, that's a nice song. That'll work. And I put that in there in place of the rap. So and where the rap comes, Ooh. I come into Florida Georgia line oh, just a three okay. part non just three part um not uh stacked. So no doubles or triples, okay. just three solo lines singing. Okay. Three part country army Unholy That's really cool That worked out really well So in the middle Of song that happens But yeah It's great I actually had talked To a gal In Australia Who was doing Reaction videos And I thought She was fantastic And I said Hey you want to do this As a collaboration with me But again It it, seems that complicated And I said I'm just going to do it As a solo thing It's just too hard We'll do something Mm -hmm. Because there's no way I was getting out to Australia Anytime soon (laughs) Yeah And I didn't want to do it As a green screen thing I'm like ah Next year Uh, So I got the video Song done It was great And then Mm -hmm. I wanted to do a video for it and finally, a couple of weeks ago, I went out to Utah because a friend of mine wanted to visit Utah. We were both vaccinated. And out in Utah is a guy named Nick Sales, who's a fantastic videographer. I did a bunch of projects with him three years ago. And he's worked with you know a lot of YouTube acts. He's he's done a lot of cool stuff. He's worked with uh, Peter Hollins. He's worked just he stuff with a of stuff with BYU. Okay.
0: Okay.
2: And Nick Patera Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, his stuff's great. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of come out to Utah. Do you want to do a couple of videos quick? I really want to do Amazing Grace with you because it's Amazing Grace, and this is so gorgeous. We'll find great scenery. And he said, yep. Yeah. I said, well, I'm out there. You know, why don't we just shoot Holy as well and knock that out? So uh, we went down to Provo yeah. that morning and we just put it on an ad like we want to a young couple, two people to come in and be little extras in our video, a little romantic love story. We found, found two people and we just shot little scenes of them on a date with me singing in the foreground of the camera and they're doing their date behind me you know, which is what mm-hmm. a great first date is honestly you know weird
1: I can't <laughs> picture anything better than that
2: uh, so it turned out cute and, I, and he sent it to me a couple days ago and so I sent it to my patrons and then this, I just released it this morning so it's now out in yes, the world to see the holy awesome. video
1: I cannot wait to listen you're to you're welcome outside. world this is so fantastic yeah. man Chris man this is exciting man we're looking forward to checking out that video yeah. listeners go do that right, not right now but after the episode it's <laughs> for sure go it's check out
0: or right now yes. because oh, right right now. we're going to take pause, another commercial Ooh, break
2: <laughs> yeah and they can pause Great as well segment. they have a pause button
1: <laughs> exactly and so with that we are going to take our final commercial break but don't go anywhere because if you've been thinking we've been having fun just wait because we have so much actually, more actually
0: maybe maybe you should go somewhere maybe you should go to youtube during the commercial break <laughs> and watch that video well,
2: they should also watch this <laughs> your listen commercial because that's where the ad revenue comes from like having a donut and jogging you could do both <laughs> okay
0: you can't do both but i guess you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So with that, don't
1: go anywhere because we're going to come right back and continue speaking with Chris Rupp right here on Talk Acapella.
0: Want to learn from the best? You should check out Acapella Masterclass where professionals at the top of their field show you how they became the best and how you can too. Learn from award-winning experts like Kristen Dennehy, Lisa Forgish, Trin Fris Roundsfeld, Aaron Jensen, Blake Lewis, and more. We discuss topics like arranging, barbershop, beatboxing, composition, looping, social change, and things of the like. Go to acapellamasterclass.com to learn all the details. Acaville helping you be the best acapella musician you can be. Thanks for sticking with us. We are here on our final segment of the evening with Chris Rupp from, I mean, you know him from Home Free. He's also in 7th Ave. And we have another group that he'll tell us about here in a little bit. But first, it's time to get down to some fun. You know, I gotta interject traditional- quick,
2: That intro was fine, I guess, but the bar was set pretty high after the second intro. Of my we, segment, we've already but- established
1: nothing can top <laughs> that. Chris, we're just lowly hosts here that just have to figure out we a way are. to make we're, it, right. you set the bar so high. This show we're will never worthy. be the same. We're
0: not worthy, okay? All right, all
2: right. Come, Come on, all right. we're serious now. Here we go. Okay,
0: but now it's time for us to jump into some fun. Not that the rest of the show wasn't fun, but this is just the moment of the show where we get to embarrass people, and I'm all about cool. that. We've got ten rapid fire questions for you, Chris. So, are you ready?
2: Do I need a lawyer present? We don't um, think I'm so. Gonna,
0: I'm gonna say okay, no. Okay,
2: cool. Well, I trust you guys. So okay.
0: And there's all right. Question number one. Where was your most memorable performance
2: Ooh, first thought we were rapid fire so I'm going to go to singing the national anthem at the football stadium in in Nashville for uh, CMA Fest and that was like 60,000 people there and uh, yeah we I
0: mean up, We have big
2: giant screens you know and it's the yeah, and, it's a little different than singing it at a sporting event because you know people are getting their hot dogs and beers and kind of paying attention mm-hmm. but, but for CMA Fest they are there to see Urb, Keith Urban right. and Florida Georgia line or whatever and here's us opening it up on the big screen. That's, oh, so that was, that was that's really, awesome. really
1: cool. Awesome. All right, next question. If you had three wishes, what would you wish for?
2: Ooh, okay, that I had like Tim Faust range. I would take that in a second. <laughs> you know, some like something you know the, the usual like the youth is wasted on the young thing. You know, wish I knew twenty years ago what I know now about you know what's going to happen in life and, and how to survive mm-hmm. the industry and what you can do. And I'm going to go into like the life lessons here thing early. I guess when you're when you're in your early twenties, you don't know what what's happened. Everything is just a question mark, and you're so so much self doubt and imposter syndrome, which never really goes away, but it's definitely that way in the twenties. And you kind of telling you like you know it it, it works out. It really does. And it, it, it's going to be okay. I wish I had that knowledge. That's a wish I wish I could have had in my 20s. And then the third wish is I wish that I had bought Bitcoin in 2013 or whatever. That's a good yeah. wish. Question number three, cats or dog? dogs? Dogs. You yeah, know, I've certainly been around cats. and mm-hmm. Although the, the one advantage, you know, cats are so much easier. Dogs, you've got to give them Accurate. attention. Accurate. I can't have either though, unfortunately, because I travel so much. Do with a pet but yeah Got it. that's
0: all yeah. right
1: gotcha what next question what is something that everyone looks stupid doing
2: Ugh, everyone looks stupid.
1: Or looks weird doing Yeah, her. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what I would there's say. There's no way to make it look attractive, I guess.
2: Okay, I'm thinking of inappropriate things. and not do that. All right, let's go. <laughs> I'm going to tip my tongue that is, is going to work and be funny, and it's, it's escaping me. <laughs> yes, we have. I think of things that are awkward for most people, but then again, you come across someone that it's not awkward for at all. For example, like the, the guy who wants to sing a love song to his wife on the wedding day and he can't sing at all but he does it and it's like a singer like whoa okay so yeah. it's not really an awkward thing that everybody does you know right same, right right same. Same, like trying to you know, put on pants You're just like hopping around that was jumping to my head too <laughs> if you don't actually sit down like it's hard that's true jumping around let's go with that
0: that that works <laughs> okay. I've been there I gotta tell you mine because I don't do oh, that okay. running with a backpack on
2: yeah that's Ooh. pretty awkward yeah yeah yeah
0: everyone looks stupid yeah <laughs> no one will not look stupid while they're running with a backpack,
2: or if you're in the in the airport, and you're trying to walk really fast with your like carry on oh, behind no. you, you're like walk oh, fast, walk yeah. fast, walk <laughs> fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Stupid yeah, you look yeah. dumb.
0: You look it just really looks ridiculous. Dumb. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. I'll, I'll put that one instead. Let's go with that one or
0: both. Perfect, or huh. both. Okay. There we go. All right, question number five. What was your biggest performance mishap?
2: Okay, I like this one. This story. There's so many. You know. Well, I'll give you two. One of them was actually a, a fortunate accident kind of thing. We were doing a show. We had a version. We actually. I'll be home for Christmas. It's on on Freeze's video. You can watch it. It's a beautiful song. Beautiful version. And and this is pre sing off. We were doing a Christmas tour, and we had a snow machine. And the venue we were at did not have separate power circuits, so the snow machine was on the same circuit as the audio was. And we started singing. Wow. I'll be home for Christmas, and we get into a little ways. And then I see it. it's like the second verse, the snow machine would turn on, and we get uh-huh. to the big key change, and the verse happens. The snow machine starts dropping snow, and choo, lights out, sounds out, oh and that's funny. So we just walk to the edge of the stage and keep singing it off mic in the dark for the rest of the song. And you, know, you can hear a pin wow. drop in the audience kind of thing. And it was a magical moment for everybody, for the audience and for us, and they're with us. It was so cool, even though it was a big mistake. It was so cool. Yeah. And yeah. the other one was, no, that's great. on the cruise ships, one of the ones we were on, the Alaska one, the 2007 one I mentioned, we, the, since we were like a regular act on the ship, we were part of the kind of opening night of the cruise ship festivities. So cruise directors introducing all the staff and things like that. And the new cruise director had come on and she decided to change things up change the order you know and the activity staff used to be at the end of the, of the night and she decided <laughs> she wanted us to close the entertainment instead which makes sense we were singing for them so the activity hey, staff hey. went before us The problem was the way the activity staff did their routine is they had the microphones and they're like, yeah, get everyone hyped up. And they'd run out the back of the, of the theater. So that's what they did. And we're backstage and the announcer goes, and next home free. Oh, come (laughs) on. It's not like that's something you can go in and just sing off mic. No, we're in the big. No. Oh my gosh. And so eventually funny. we walked out there. Sorry, guys. wasn't We don't have our Because like, it's dead silence, pause. Oh, it was, that was funny. Matt,
1: someone, please bring back the mics.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so
2: great. I love that.
1: Awesome. Yeah. All right. Next question. Who would play you in a movie about your life? I
2: mean, if you go with Gilbert Godfrey, just, you know, really throw it out there. That is unexpected. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know why that name popped through my head, but it did. You know.
0: <laughs> there you go. There Let's you go. Have with that, it. sure. What is your go to karaoke song?
2: See, I hate karaoke. I really do. I know. Part of it because, well, you know, one, I'm a professional singer anyway. And two, if I want to do karaoke, I'll just play the damn song on the piano myself and sing it that way. So, like, I hate having to be restricted by this. However, if I'm going to do one, I will often do something that's like I would do Life is a Highway sometimes because I didn't get to sing it in the show. It was backup singer you know oh, oh now wow. i can sing lead ha <laughs> <laughs> ha yes now's my time i love it yeah.
1: all right here's where the questions get interesting here we go oh good these Next are really boring do. so far so. <laughs> we apologize <laughs> would you rather be covered in fur or scales
2: no this did get deep i mean scales are a lot of protection you know you can do but you know i'm a lover not a fighter baby so i want only covered in fur so people
0: want to hug me and get close there you go there you go that's a good answer what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten
2: i have had rocky mountain oysters before oh no yeah that's uh if you don't know what those are look them up
1: all right there it is all right final question (laughs) would you rather have stilts for legs or those grabber reacher tools for
2: arms <laughs> yeah. Did everyone get these questions or is this just for no. me? No, okay. these are just for you. The questions are different every I have to go grabber-reach-your-arms because you're going to fall over a lot on the stilts. So. Oh, that's yeah. fair. I'm
0: thinking of my husband's 93-year-old grandma. She's one of those grabber things and she yep. just uses it for everything. Yeah, she does that yeah. too. She's a crotchety old lady, but we love
1: her. Awesome. So thank you for that round of <laughs> rapid-fire questions. Always fun, always exciting. We always like to wrap up the show by giving giving our listeners something that they can walk away with and so we always like to ask the guests if they could offer our listeners some advice what would they say so chris we pose that same question to you yeah what would you say
2: what would i say so i several parts to this answer one, I, I'm a big fan of, of Deke Sharon and what he's done in his life, his life mission of just getting everybody to sing. And I think that everybody can sing. Some people don't think they can't. Or don't think they can. And granted, some people are better than others. But everybody can sing. If it's in the shower whatever, you should sing. I, I've had people I've dated before who... Like, oh, I can't sing around you. Like, I don't care. Just sing. It's wonderful. I love it. It's fun. <laughs> I love hearing you sing. And with that caveat, though, I get asked sometimes by people who are, let's say they're in high school or even college, whatever. And they say, you know, I, I really like music. I'm thinking maybe want to go into that, you know, what would you say? Look them in for me. I say, don't do it. Because if your question is that, that's not the right question to have to do music. Your question should be, I am going to do music. What steps can I do to help me get there? Because music... And in any entertainment industry for sure aspect but music is hard and you have to want it and it has to be part of you you have to live and breathe it you have to be the person that is up till 3 a.m practicing your guitar scales or working on arrangements or digging into music theory because you can't not do that you have to want it so bad that you will do it for free because it is a part of you granted if you can get paid that's better but that's what you have to have and if you don't have <laughs> that don't do it because you will grow to hate it and resent it and you don't want that you want to enjoy music as a hobby for the rest of your life and if it's you don't have that level of passion the competition the what it takes everything is going to ruin it for you and you don't want it to want it to be that way so if your question is I am going to do music what extra steps can I do to help me get there that's the question to ask not should I do music so there's my life lesson for any young listeners out there that's you know, great like
1: thank you wonderful advice before we wrap up we would be remiss if we did not miss mention one of your more recent projects and groups that you've been singing with Cypress Fire. Um, What can we expect from Cypress Fire?
2: Okay, so I I went down to Orlando to my buddy Jeff. He's done some 7th Ave stuff with me for the uh, winter because I didn't want to be home in Minnesota in the pandemic in the winter. That didn't seem like fun. Not that it's great anywhere, but at least in Florida I can go outside still. I've
0: been to Minnesota in January and it was no no fun. No, it
2: really isn't. It's not. (laughs) And Jeff's a singer and he's got a buddy named Tyler from high school who is a fantastic singer, like top level level who just never did anything with it really you know his, his life went in different directions and he came down to visit quite often during this break too because he also he was in Kansas City and Kansas City's not that much better than Minnesota in the winter so he wanted to come down here too and so he's like oh he's a great singer let's do some let's sing some songs so him and I did a couple duets and he did something with Seventh Ave and, and then I thought yeah you know what? I should do something like I've always wanted to do Bless the Broken Road Rascal Flats and I would put something together with that I'll play the piano the three of us will sing it'll be great and we were on the beach actually we had taken a little vacation day. And it threw us out there, like, let's just start singing it right now and just kind of figure it out. And we sang it just a cappella. We worked it out this minute and a half long. We said, wow. That actually worked out really well. That's pretty cool. Uh, and we recorded it and performed it and said, "You know, this actually—it's a neat little niche right here because it's just three parts. We're not stacking anything. It's short. Mm-hmm. We're only doing about 90 seconds of our goal time for each song, so it's in and out. And it's a cappella, but we're not trying to be an a cappella group per se right now. Mm-hmm. We don't have bass or VP. And with that change in mentality, we're not trying to arrange these songs to." flush out the song as if it was trying to make a three-part song. We are making these songs as if this is what the background vocals would be if this was a full-on instrumental regular country Mm -hmm. song. We're just stripping it down. To, this is three parts of, of singing and that mentality i think is a, a unique approach a little bit and it's it's fun and it's, it's hard too because you have to make choices that you wouldn't normally make for example we have one coming out in a couple weeks where the bass line is pretty distinctive and the movement like you've got to have this bass line like no 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 no, that would not be sung in a background part of a country song we don't get to have it so just get rid of it and now how do we arrange it without with just keeping everything up top and just ooze or something you know and make it work okay. and so it's been a fun challenge so we're enjoying this and it's it's been so much fun that we're like okay let's poke the bees nest a little bit and see what happens so we've got a logo now we got a photo shoot and we've got a bunch more of these things in the can ready to come out i'm gonna film a bunch more this week and then we thought let's do like a real album let's turn this into rascal flats or something is the kind of goal over the next year or so we'll see where it goes we're just having fun with it if if nothing ever comes of it great doesn't matter it doesn't cost us much and if it does turn into something more, great. That's fun, too. So that's Cypress Fire. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, we've got uh, a new video of that coming out next week as well. So, yeah.
1: Perfect. Go go check them out. They have some amazing videos. That's Cypress Fire, Fire, F-Y-R-E. Check them out on YouTube. And for all of the other projects or just anything that you have in a pipeline, where could our listeners go to find out more information?
2: I mean, just do the Google search for Chris Rupp. That's the easiest thing. I got the YouTube channel. I got the <laughs> Facebook page, the Twitter, the Instagram, the eHarmony profile. You know everything. So,
0: <laughs> E-Harmony, there it is. I like it.
2: Find me everywhere.
0: That's great. That's great.
1: <laughs> great, great. Be sure to check all of those channels out. Just, like he said, go check them out on Google. You'll find everything. Alicia, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, where could they go?
0: You can find me on Instagram at E.Squared1989. How about you, Brian?
1: Me out on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I. Go give Talkapella a follow on Twitter. We have a Twitter account, Talkapella, two Ps, two Ls. Check out our website at Talkapella.org and give Aquaville Radio a follow there the wonderful platform through which we stream through we want to thank chris Rupp so much for coming on today's episode as you can see it has been a wild and crazy episode and we wouldn't have had it any other way thank you so much it's been a blast speaking with you today thanks for having me guys this was- awesome for everything else stay tuned